David Butler Studio Podcast. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are meeting, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to our shared future. Sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. He. Him. Testicle. 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 Beautiful. Testicle. 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 What a wonderful phrase. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. That's a beautiful sound. That's a beautiful sound. <laughs> She's uh, a nice wine, too. Well, uh, tonight we are not sponsored by... Whatever that Cab Sav was. Whatever the hell we're doing, because you're drinking a Cab Sav. The Bend. And I'm drinking a Riesling. That Riesling I really like. And here in front of us we've got a Pinot Noir, so... Pinot! We're sponsored generally by the wine industry tonight. <laughs> I mean, we're working hard at uh, getting drunker. More often than not, when we're sitting and having these chats, I forget that there are microphones between us and that we're doing, <laughs> yeah. a, doing a podcast because this is just kind of how our conversations go anyway. As we literally just did for the past hour before we started recording. <laughs> quite quite literally. And I just need to get into the habit of having like, like running like a pre-show or something and just having the mic on the table. While we're standing in the kitchen chatting, having some dinner beforehand. Subscribe pre-show. to our Patreon for all the pre-show antics. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, there's going to be no better segue, I, I don't imagine. If you would like to email us, you can email us at hehimpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, this is new. There you go. Look at what, <laughs> look at what David did. Oh, this is the first I've heard of it. Absolutely. I might email us. <laughs> <laughs> and go, what the fuck's the password? <laughs> Um, the, the password is, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I just figured it, I might as well claim it, just set it up and claim it. So, yeah. and as we're what, five, six episodes in, yeah. um, people may want to tell us to stop or like, <laughs> so, yeah, I've got a feeling that that right. might be the case. Yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere for them to spew their hate Yes, and for us to angrily respond. Well, and to read the hate mail on the air, I, I think I would particularly enjoy Absolutely. That. Yeah. Let it spill forth. <laughs> but also, if you have something nice to say, or if you have a topic that you would like us to spitball on, mm. let us know. Um, if you have something nice to say, I guarantee I will deflect it immediately. Oh, <laughs> w- with such ease and precision. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do. What can I say? Oh, a desk camp version. That was nice. (laughs) I'll fix that in post. I'll line us up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel like I realize how easy it is to be in a bubble. How easy it is because I I very consciously limit my social media. 
I respect you so much for what you've been doing with not being on your phone. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, that, that thing I shared the other day um, where my mobile phone usage was down 32%. Yeah. I was like, fucking yes! That was huge. I, yeah. I mean, it will probably come back up from that. But um, still. But it, yeah. It, anyway. It, the, it's trending downward. You're forming a habit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to, and like I've introduced scheduling with my um, studio. So now for my casual and waitlist clients, if they want a session, they can actually just go straight to my website. They can look at what I have available mm. for the next couple of weeks. They can click and confirm their session time without having to text me and then without me having to go back and forth and go, well, I've got this and this and this, what do you think? Excellent. And then somebody else texts me and goes, have you got this available? It's like, yes, but I've offered this to somebody else. You'll just have to wait one yeah, second, yeah, like yeah. back and yeah. forth. Yeah. So it's saving me a lot of time, literally just glued to my phone, trying to juggle people. Yeah. You know, and it's not that I'm like juggling hundreds of people. It's like, I'm not that busy or in demand. Don't but be it, modest. Don't but, be modest. Well, no, but like, even in the volume that it is, it's a lot. And so even that has been a real... And, and, and another benefit to that... Thank you, Squarespace, for, um, for <laughs> your scheduling function. Because seriously, it's... Worth, Not sponsored by Squarespace. For the cost of one private session, right? That That's kind of sometimes how I budget things is going, this costs X amount. That's X number of sessions that I have to teach to be able to cover that. Yeah. So effectively, thereabouts for the cost of one session, I've paid for my scheduling for the whole year. Nice. Which is just like beautiful. And so I can just add my availability as it becomes available. Yeah. And people can access it. And so when clients are like, oh, this week, my regular session, I can't make it. What other times can you do? They can actually just go... Hey, I can't do my regular time, but I've changed it to eh. Yeah. And it's done. Yeah. And there's no back and forth, back and forth. So it's saving me hours a day sitting on my phone, just trying to logistically juggle. Yeah. And I feel so much better for it. Like I'm only three, four weeks into doing it and I feel so much better for it. It's just so lovely. I get an email saying such and such is booked in for now. I'm like, lovely. <laughs> That's lovely. That's really good. Yeah. I like that. Sponsor us. <laughs> Squarespace, please sponsor us. Um, yeah. But uh, thank you for, for what you said about um, limiting my time on my phone. It, no, I, I, very, I mean it. I very but, much respect it. Thank you. But the downside of that is that I do definitely miss certain things. Because rightly or wrongly, I also don't sit and watch free-to-air TV news. Mm, yeah. I don't do that. And so often the news that I get is through conversations I have and then I will go and look it up and I will do some reading on it to mm. form an opinion. Yeah. But it takes the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And so as a result, I'm not across these sort of things. Like dad will, will say, oh, did you see about the, uh, the union strike in New South Wales? And I was like, no. And so then I do a little bit of reading and I go, oh, it wasn't the union. It was actually the New South Wales government that forbid them from working effectively. Uh -huh. Like all the workers showed up ready to work, but weren't able to because of whatever the, the, the specific details of it were. But it's, uh -huh. yeah, 
Like, I wouldn't have known about that had Dad not mentioned it. Right. Yeah. Because right. Dad's been staying with us for the last seven or eight days. And yeah. It's been so nice. We got to meet him. Yes. Spent some time in the beer garden. Indeed. We indeed. love the beer garden. Oh, how good's the beer garden? Love the beer garden. Oh, it's so nice. And so's the dick. Yes. You've got a beautiful big dick. Thank you. Yes, I can fit so many of my friends on my dick. Mm. Um, I even sanded one end of your dick. <laughs> Did I not? You did. It was the least comfortable part of the whole process. <laughs> <laughs> but I got right in all the little nooks and crannies because I didn't want there to be a splinter. You really worked it. I yeah, did. Yeah. Those, those hands were busy. Thank you. <laughs> One tries. No, I, I, have, I have built a deck uh, outside the beer garden now. So no one's going to know what this looks like or what we're talking about. Just but... imagine the most beautiful deck you've ever seen and then add some. <laughs> Then plus ten. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I built a deck, and David helped. Sort of. I I showed up when it was like two thirds, three quarters done, and I was like, I'll stand and watch that, and then I'll distract you by trying to build a pedal board thing for my <laughs> for my keyboard, and then which we also built on the same we, day. Yeah, and it looks great. It does, and it works beautifully. Yes, we got to trial it it's a day or two later. Lovely rubber grippy thing on the bottom just well. thank you for gluing that on no you're welcome i realized as i'd left i was like i didn't glue that <laughs> i just <laughs> i cut it out and i just left it there kind of like help <laughs> well I, I saw it sitting there in the next morning and i right. went oh i've got some super glue laying around and so thank i just you. yeah whacked it on there. yeah i bet you did very nice very nice mm. i like you know, i like i like sex, sex. it's nice it's nice <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dearie, dearie me. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was it was lovely spending time with Dad. It was lovely to have him here. Um, lots of good chats. Spent lots of time cooking together, which was oh, that's beautiful. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Like he and I, I don't know if you noticed, are quite similar in, in certain ways. So i kept waiting for this because you've spoken about your dad so much but i'd never sure. met him before and so yeah. i was really keen to sort of be in the room and sort of be the kind of the fly on the wall and sort of witness that happening yeah. but he was very quiet i'm noticing a change in him in yeah. that i don't know it's and it's not a bad change at all i'm just observing that there's almost a sentimentality coming through in him now okay. he's softening a little bit not that he was ever like hard, but he was, he's always been very good at compartmentalizing and being very logical, objective and completely disconnecting from the emotional aspect, sure. which as an emotional person is both upsetting and infuriating. Yeah. Um, but he and I are so similar in many respects into not just our sense of humor, but in terms of, I don't know. I just feel like, Anyway, there are lots of similarities in the way that we function and the way that we engage with information. We don't align on, on everything. But again, the, there's been a softening that I observe. Like, it's one of the very few times I've seen him well up a little bit was when I was saying goodbye to him at the airport. Mm. And he went in for a second hug. And, like, I could tell that he'd had a really lovely time and he didn't actually really want to leave. Yeah. And, it, you know, and that was really beautiful. Mm. Whereas in previous visits, it's always been very practical. Well, my flight's now and, you know, thanks very much. Yeah. You know, hug. 
I'll see you later. I'll, I'll keep you posted on the journey home. You know, yeah. whereas this time it was a little different. And it's lovely. I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm getting to glimpse more and more of the emotional side. And I definitely noticed that he was quieter and like yeah. a little bit more fly on the wall rather than... Yeah, when he did come out with something, it was always it was sharp and funny. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my God, absolutely. I think that's also just him, in part, I would like to think in part, being considerate of that it's my circle that he is partaking in rather than, not that I view it that way yeah. in terms of we're welcoming you in, be on your best behavior. Yeah, but of course, it's, yeah because I really wanted to share our chosen family with him yeah um, and I'm so glad that we got to and we got to again with the, the movie night yes yeah <laughs> that's fine oh you're looking after the kids on Sunday yeah right yeah Josh okay. and I are, are looking after the kids while you guys have your nice Anniversary, anniversary dinner. Oh, well, thank you. Which that. anniversary is it, remind me? 12 years. Oh, my God. What yeah. is the gift for 12 years? Yeah. Because it's, it's dinner out. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Brandon and Tom had their nine year this year. Mm-hmm. Hang on. And I was just cracking them up. Right. So, like, it, this is like the first is paper, the second is fiber. Fiber. <laughs> I'm oh. like. A nice, Metamucil? A nice cereal. <laughs> Third is leather. Fourth is flowers. Five is wood. Six is candy. Seven is copper. Um, eight is bronze. Nine is pottery. Ten is aluminium. Or aluminum, as we say. That is actually how that's spelled. Al- aluminum. Yeah. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, let's not get started on this. Eleven is steel. Oh, twelve is silk. Silk? Silk. Oh. That's something I can take care of. There you go. I am a, I am a, an avid purchaser of lingerie. <laughs> I love that up to, it's like every year up until 20th, and then it's into fives. They're kind of like, eh, now it's just like, every five years is significant. 21 years doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these are ridiculous though. I, 16th is wax. 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 So what, sure. like candles? Like a, a, a statue of Claire and Miss Mods? <laughs> <laughs> I, either that or just a Brazilian. Like, <laughs> I mean, we could both go. We could get a couple Brazilian. <laughs> oh, Josh got waxed the other day and he said it was... The, like, this is the third or fourth time he's been. Yeah. This was the most painful. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like... And he took Panadol before he went to try and, like, soften it and, like... Really? He hobbled into the into the cafe afterwards where i was waiting for him wow. and he was like sweating oh it my was, god it was a whole thing apparently wow yeah. i i got uh i got done what was it it was sometime last week last wednesday maybe um and it, it for me like it just seems to get easier every time sure so sure. I mean the, the, the girl who does me is, is also very chatty and so she keeps me distracted for the whole Great, great. Which is, you know, good. You always like, see the same person? Always the same That's person, good. yeah. 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 And I don't know if it's just because I go to a very small boutique and so there are only a couple of people who work there and so sure. when I book in I just happen to always get her, or if 
they only allow like it it's possible i suppose that she would be you know because i know in the past people who work at those kind of places have told me that they don't allow men to to go there because right. men can be disgusting yeah men yeah. can be pigs yes and yeah. so you know it could Noted. be that she's the only person there who said you know I, okay i'm i'm fine to do men and so they only allowed it to book when she's there <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. just, it's such a, like, it's such a funny thing because, like, obviously it is not in the slightest bit erotic or sexual or even sensual, the, the experience of it. But it's like the, the matter of factness, and this is me projecting because I've never had it done, yeah. but the matter of factness of it, I'm just imagining and then being like, okay, now just hold this bit up here and whoosh, can you just spread those cheeks for me? Whoosh, I mean, it is very much like that. Yeah, it, it is. Very that that just to me is so inherently funny. <laughs> just, all right, hands and knees, spread them. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, now hold the nuts up. Beautiful. I mean, I'll just grab the shaft for you. You know, let me let me let me describe it like this. <laughs> so, shortly after Claire and I got together. Mm-hmm. Because Claire and I have always had an open relationship or ethically okay. non-monogamous. Right. But when we first sort of started experimenting with, I guess, what you might call non-traditional lifestyle, whatever, I don't know. Sure. The first thing we did was go to a nude beach, right? That was like mm-hmm. our first step toward anything that was Great. a little bit for us yeah. out of the norm. Sure. Because it is about those baby steps, you know? like uh, Sure. It, it is about yeah working through exploring it yeah rather than just like deep diving into something that's going to make you uncomfortable and therefore not really be the thing you want it to be yeah i mean i don't know it's probably subjective there's some people of who probably could dive into that and be fine certainly for yeah. us this was the yeah. first thing we did yeah but we had built it up so much beforehand, right? Yeah. Like we felt so naughty. And yeah. we were like oh we're going to go to a nude beach and it was like exciting and yeah. scary and we're like oh and so we get there and we go down to the beach and we like lay out our towels and we're like, okay, we go. this is it. We're going we're gonna to do it now. And so then we both strip off and we're on the nude beach. And, you know, after the first couple of minutes of kind of feeling that feeling, it was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're just at a beach and everyone's naked, but it's not a thing. Like it's, it was really not a big deal. It, would, it had been built up in our heads yes. as a big deal. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, we're doing something a little bit naughty, something taboo, yeah. you know, whatever. But then we got there and it was like, oh, it's actually, it's just being naked at the beach. It's sure. not a big deal at all. Yeah. And I think that experience is kind of, was sort of echoed through, um, every sort of new experience that we had over the course of the years where it was like, sure. oh, you know, we think we're going to be doing something naughty and exciting and, or, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. And more often than not, it was just, oh, that, you know, it was a nice experience. It was a fun experience, but it wasn't as big a deal as we had made it in our heads. Sure. Um, and for me, the waxing is the same thing mm-hmm. because the very first time I booked in for a wax, knowing that I was going to be going to someone and they were going to be handling my bits and stuff like that, I yeah. was like... Oh man, you know, like, and I sort of got nervous about, you know, am I gonna react? Like, am I gonna yeah. stiffen up and react? Absolutely. To it or well, like, like that—that's because uh, I've never been to a nude beach, and right. like, in my mind, and it less and less. Oh, we were talking over dinner about my body dysmorphia in a way, and the way yeah. I've, I regard my body from when I was much heavier to when I lost a lot of weight, and now I've kind of leveled out about kind of halfway 
in there and I've done a lot of work on body confidence and that sort of thing. And it's interesting, probably the thing that I worry the most about is what if <laughs> Yeah. What if one becomes visibly tumescent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if um, one is saluting? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean and, and that's the thing and and it's for me the the worry is purely empathetic because yes i don't want to make anyone under uncomfortable and especially in that situation Mm. where i know that there are so many places that don't allow men because men are gross yes i don't want to be that guy and make that person uncomfortable because you're not that guy well i mean who's it's i guess that's not sure sure it would be for the person to say but sure i mean i certainly don't want to be that guy Mm. you know and i don't want to be making anyone uncomfortable Mm. um and so anyway, the, the, the point of that was that that was kind of what was built up in my head is, yeah. is this what's going to happen? Uh, and it turned out to be the exact opposite of that right. for, for basically every session I've ever been to. Because it's, right. I mean, you know, you're doing something that's painful. Yes, um, which helps negate the... Uh... It certainly does. <laughs> um, but also, um, oh God, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about... Uh, matter of fact, let's, uh, let's crack this new bottle of wine. A pain and we'll go into the story, yes. Actually, so, uh, as you as you do that, can I just quickly play you something relevant to what we are drinking, please? I'm making a music video. It's called Pain Noir, an ode to black penis. <laughs> we should we should credit that person whoever that was oh so that's um titus burgess titus burgess i think his real name is titus burgess so that's from the unbreakable kimmy Sch- schmidt um netflix show oh okay um pinot noir and yeah titus burgess and an ode to black penis lovely yeah yes. so whenever somebody says pinot noir i just hear pinot noir. <laughs> well as you know i am not a great lover of pinot noir no it was so funny i talked dad out of the other night bringing <laughs> a pinot noir because we were like because he asked what kind of wine does robin claire like and i was like usually like a robust kind of shiraz pepper, yeah like something yeah. with a lot of body yeah and he's like mm, should i bring the pinot i was like i feel like it would be wasted like they would politely drink it and be like oh yeah yeah but it wouldn't be like to your palate so let's take a something a little more robust yeah yeah well i am and lo and behold you're like oh i just picked up this tasmanian pinot noir well and and i bought it number one because i I don't know if I knew that you liked a Pinot or if I suspected that your dad would, or I think it might've had we something like to do with the wine. Yes. Yes. But I think it also had something to do with the pairing, uh, for oh, what we were eating that night. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, you know, a Pinot probably would be the right choice for the meal we're having. Yes. Um, but I am also actively because I've been so resistant for so long to drinking Pinots. I'm trying to actively maybe re-educate myself. Sure. Um, and so I'm drinking uh, I'm drinking them a little bit more. Because that it, is the thing with like when people talk about an acquired taste. We were talking about this at dinner with yeah. like beer. There is an active aspect to it because you do have to kind of actively acquire it. Yes. Yeah. Like 
my first beer I spat out. It was disgusting. I spat it in the pool. I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and as we were saying, the, yeah. the first beer I had, matter of fact, I, I recall it was when I was in the Marines. Right. I went to, uh, I was stationed in San Diego and I went to a bar uh, with a bunch of friends of mine, got in on a fake ID <laughs> and because uh, I wasn't quite 21 yet. And uh, I got a Bud Light and I and I drank it and it was my first beer and I gagged like I, I thought I was gonna vomit because it was so disgusting. Um, yeah. But I continued to force myself to drink beer over yeah. the course of the next few months because I felt like I needed it to sort of get my man card yeah. if you if you want to sure. call it that yeah and, like fit in with the boys. See, I feel like um, you'd be fine in the gay community because you'd just be like you'd be committed to guzzling cum until <laughs> until you were okay with it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, I don't uh, I don't overcommit. I commit just the right amount. You don't overcommit. <laughs> See, uh, oh my god, I really struggle with cum. But anyway, go. <laughs> that's a, that's a topic we can talk about after the wine. Let me introduce the yes, wine. Yes, please. That we, we are, are not sponsored by. We are not sponsored by audacious. Uh, Pinot Noir, which comes from Mur- Murray Darling, Victoria. Murray Darling. Boot- bottled for Boutique Beverages, Victoria. How many booze are in that sentence? Bottled for Boutique Beverages. Yeah, it's a bit alliterative, isn't it? Alliterative. Alliterative. I'd like to buy a consonant, please. Charles. With the bell, not By the bowl. Ah, that's a beautiful sound. talking about <laughs> so i was about to tell you uh my embarrassing waxing story oh that's right so when claire and i uh first got together um she had never had waxing done before okay um but she for some reason i can't remember exactly why i decided now's the time i'm gonna go and get waxing done mm-hmm and so she went and had it done and she came home and she complained about how painful it was because it was excruciating mm. from, from what she had to say. Um, and, you know, my response to her was, oh, come on, surely it couldn't be that bad. <laughs> and so, of course, she was like, well, you wouldn't know how it feels anyway. And so, and I thought about that and it was, I don't know, probably several months later, but I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and get it done just because she's right like I don't know what it feels like so I'm gonna go get it done and that way I know what it feels like with the caveat of course that a man could never understand what it feels like for a woman because women have so many more nerve endings down there than than men do so you know we will never be able to experience that in full but it was the closest I could get so I booked in and there was only one place we were living in Adelaide at the time there was only one place in Adelaide that would do it for men right so I booked into that place and I went um, and I had it done and it was fine. Like it was, it was painful, but it probably wasn't as like it, it was less painful than getting tattooed. Um, Interesting. Okay. And so, you know, like not that bad. And so I decided, oh, you know, like it's quite clean. It looks quite neat. I'll, you know, it was simple. It was fast. I'll, I'll keep going. Mm. And so I booked in and I went probably, I went to this place, I don't know, probably three or four times. Mm-hmm. And the last time I went... Is this why it was the last time? This was in... Yes. This, <laughs> so this was the last time. I, so after going this last time, I gave it a break for quite a while. And then when I decided eventually that I was ready to go back, 
that place had shut down and they were no longer, right. um, or, or I think they had moved and they had moved too far away for them to be viable for me. Sure. And so I just, I never went back. But what happened is, what happened? so uh, the way this particular place was situated was you go into the room, you lie down on the bed um, and they give you a, like a modesty towel, like a little, looks like a tea towel. And mm. so you, you put that over you, which really is because it serves no purpose because as soon as they go to work, it's going to be. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And eventually in every session. necessary washing. Well, I mean, you can understand why people might ask for it, I suppose. But sure. Anyway, uh, eventually like toward the end of every appointment, the modesty towel just got discarded anyway, because it was, it was, as you say, pointless. But there was one day that I went in there. This was the last time I went, and it was in the middle of summer. It was a very hot day. Went into uh, the the room where they had the, the bed, and they had, because it was so hot outside, they had the air conditioner absolutely pumping, and it was freezing in that room, right? Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> I feel like I know where this is going. Yeah, I can see that you do. <laughs> But so, and I was much younger at the time. I was like, I don't know, mid mid to late 20s and relatively inexperienced, at least in this area. So, you know, I was, uh, I guess, more conscious of, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But what happened is I went in, it's freezing in the room. I, you know, remove everything from the waist down, lie down on the thing. I put the modesty towel over me, but it's so cold. And all I've got, because it was so hot outside, I've got like just a thin t-shirt on and that's sure. it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, after a few freezing. minutes in there, I'm freezing. Like I'm, I'm actually shivering up goosebumps. And then, you know, the girl comes in and, you know, I don't say anything about the temperature or anything like that. Cause I'm just like, you got to tough it out. And so I'm lying there on the I'm lying there on the bed, and um, you know once she she starts to sort of go to work because at first you like you move the towel to one side, you move the towel to the other side, and so you know you're sort of maintaining the veneer of modesty, at, you know at first. But this whole <laughs> just, time, the idea is just like we'll save that for later. Like <laughs> little tease for you. Just keep you guessing, doll. <laughs> just can't wait for you to see my little button on a fur coat well i mean and by the end of it that's what it looked like but even even myself as the owner of said penis <laughs> i've seen it basically in all of its states right? yeah but on this particular day i had never i didn't even realize it was physically possible for it to get that small yeah because Yep. Coupled with the cold, she's also ripping hair out of me. And so, the, like, the, the, the sort of pain of all that caused it to, like, retreat even more. <laughs> At one point, when it was time to pull the towel off... The big reveal. Yes, she pulls the towel off. And I had gotten so tiny... It, like... I looked at myself and I almost gasped out loud because I was like, oh, "Look at how small it is!" And she giggled. Look at my little baby penis. <laughs> and she giggled. She no. Gigg- yes, she giggled at me, and no. I was immediately. That is not okay. I mean, clearly an involuntary response, but like yes, and and possibly because you know it wasn't my first time there. She had seen me several times before, so she would have known that like. 
Okay, that's... This is not what it is. I mean, maybe she's... This little acorn is... This is normally a tree, not an (laughs) acorn. It's an oak tree, not an acorn. (laughs) But she giggled, and I was immediately just... I was embarrassed. I I was mortified, right? Yeah. And so she finished what she had to do. I got up and paid and left, and I was like, I'm never going... I can never show my face in there again. I was horribly embarrassed. Yeah. Um, And, of course, you know, like, I'm I'm years on from that now. Sure. There is such truth to that, though. Like, I, I definitely feel that. I remember... I mean, there was once when I was a teenager that I thought I felt a lump on my testicle. And so I went to the GP, you know, I told mum and we went to the GP and had sure. it checked. So that aside, me as an autonomous adult living on my own in Melbourne, the first time I had to go. And again, I think I felt a lump on, on my testicle. And mm. so they had to inspect. Yeah. Um, and because they're in that vicinity I'm self-conscious because at this time I'm also at a different stage of my uh, body confidence journey. Sure. Um, So I'm self-conscious about it. I'm nervous that somebody is going to be in there. I'm also worried about this seeming lump that I I think I have found. Yeah. Um, Similarly, it was just kind of like, all right, when, uh, if you're comfortable, can you please remove your underwear? Yep. I slid it down and it was just like, that's a, that is a <laughs> tiny little, like, it was like that. <laughs> like, yeah. thin and withdrawn yeah. and like, no! Well, t- t- I'm glad you I'm a, shared that because it makes me feel better. <laughs> but that's, it, it's baffling because it, it, cause as you were saying that story, that's what I was just taken back to then because it's kind of going... Look, I'm quite attached to my penis. I mean, I've, literally. Yeah. Oh, that was my um, implication. Yes. <laughs> um, it's like I have seen it in what I thought, all its forms and yeah. all its shapes and uh, variations. Yeah. I had never seen it in my adult life. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I was shocked. I was as, going, as was I. And so, unfortunately. I then carried this fear with me the next two times that I had to have somebody in that vicinity assessing. Yeah. Uh, that I was just like, oh, what if it looks like that again? Yeah. I finally, like, I finally, towards the end of my 20s, maybe a couple of years ago, like into my 30s, have reconciled. I'm not trying to fuck my GP. So, like, <laughs> yeah. it actually doesn't matter whether or not they think I'm. <laughs> but we attach so much of our personal. Yep. value yes to the size of our genitalia absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. i yeah i remember having this conversation with uh, a mutual friend of ours i think you know who i'm talking about i think i might yes well we were talking about this uh last year at some stage and we were talking about how for the longest of times we assumed just because of that culture and because of that inherent value that is placed on uh, a person's genitalia and its size. Yeah, we had assumed that ours was small. Same. I always thought that too. Like, always thought it was small. Always thought it was probably on the thin side. Yes. Take it out if you want to. I think it's a. Nobody was taking it in at that stage. <laughs> I mean, I Nobody like did that a... until I was 18. <laughs> in the back of grandma's car. 
That's where I lost my virginity. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah not with grandmother's grandmother. Grandma. <laughs> not with grandma. Oh, well. Not with grandma. We take the wins where we can get them. No. <laughs> <laughs> when she'd take those teeth out, I'll tell you oh. what. There is not enough wine in the world. Oh, wow. Um, rest her soul. Um, she's probably not in heaven. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, yeah. I know I, when I was learning and then when I got my provisional license um, grandma didn't drive much anyway so yep. her car was just sitting there so she let me use her car a lot of the time sure. and so I drove out to my then boyfriend's house at like 11 o'clock 12 o'clock at night right? and would pick him up at the top of his driveway and we'd go find a, a spot and just hang out some, some nights it was just literally hanging out yep. just like cuddling kissing and that sort of thing and other times it was fucking <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking and then I would drive the 25 minutes home with all the windows down to try and air the smell of lube and sweat <laughs> and cum out of the car <laughs> to return it to grandmother next morning when I went to school Isn't it she lived funny? opposite my high school it's so funny I distinctly remember as a teenager mm. having sex and the smell of sex being so in your face like it just filled the room like yeah it's all you could smell was sex yeah as an adult i don't smell that at all ever anymore i have a really keen sense of smell like i can tell you if i yeah i i can basically walk particularly in an environment i'm familiar with i can tell you when something's off or when something different to normal has happened okay um and this may be oversharing a little bit, but... Please, overshare. But a couple of years ago, um, back in 2019, Josh and I were... That wasn't a great year for us in our open relationship. Um, right. It wasn't good. And this was uh, around the time of my first ever anxiety attack. And it lasted close to 48 hours. This sounds like our timelines are, are sort of smack bang well, on top the, of each the, other. This right? is the thing that chatting with Claire, I was just like, I've... Because like she, all she and I really talked about, like she didn't, she hasn't disclosed details, much detail of what specifically has happened, mm. but where she's at. And I don't want to speak on her behalf because sure. I think when we talk about open relationships with Josh and Claire, that, that will be, even if we don't ever air the episode, I think it'll be a great conversation for the four of us to have. Yeah. yeah. Because I've realized from talking to Claire and her saying, I feel like I'm crazy. I'm going through this. I'm like, girl, that's me. Mm. Absolutely. I yeah. experienced that. And it doesn't matter how far into this thing you go, that's still going to be there. Cause it's not a thing. This is something I've learned through therapy is that it's the anxiety is not something you fix to get rid of. Yeah. It's something you get better at managing and being able to negate. And with the support of your partner, you can kind of, negate the triggers and kind of navigate so that it doesn't become that thing so you don't mm. get much more than that in an ideal world much more than that pang of oh jealousy yeah. Yeah. or oh i wish that was me or oh, whatever that is yeah. which in itself can be turned into something quite exciting and erotic and fuel absolutely desire yeah. yeah but when it's when it's this horrible thing anyway um the, the the reason I mentioned this so around the Josh had uh, had someone round here yeah. and I, I was aware of it and I had made sure to keep myself busy I was in Tassie at this time sure so that was the extra level of hard that I I now know 
I wasn't ready for. Okay. I wasn't ready for someone to be in my home. Yep. While I'm not here. Okay. Uh, anyway, that. Yep. Um, so when I came back the next day. Yep. I all I could smell was sweat, lube, sex. I, I it was just everywhere. Wow. I like and and because of the the nature of the anxiety attack, I quite literally stood at the front door for half an hour, and I didn't tell Josh I was home. From the airport, I stood at the front door for half an hour, just standing there, staring blankly at the door. I couldn't walk in because I didn't feel like it was home anymore. That's before I could smell or, or get any sense of it. That's just what the anxiety attack had done to me. I'd completely dissociated. Completely. Wow. It was horrible. And unfortunately, as a result of that, now my anxiety is around... I never want to experience that again. And that's exactly... It's, yeah. it's like linking it to this one horrific experience. Yeah. And I still get triggered. Last night, you, you may have noticed Josh was a bit quieter today. Um, he and I had a, a... I got triggered last night and, and we didn't have a... We didn't have a bad interaction. Yeah. But it's just kind of... We're in the recovery of yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, I and so... But I, I still can't to this day yet shake... The, the fear of it going there again. But yeah. it's, yeah, that, that smell of sex, that smell of it, I am so finely tuned to it. And when right. I came into the house and that's all I could smell. Right. But yeah, anyway, that's, I don't really have a resolve to that. That was just no, an experience that I had. But yeah. I've, I've, from the conversations with Claire, I'm, I'm amazed at how similar in our experience of this she and I are. Yeah. I had never a clue yeah and virtually everything you just said about having the experience having that attack Mm. and then having it manifest now as a fear not of what's happening but that's right but of feeling that feeling again that's exactly how claire describes it It, it's awful and the stupid thing is no matter how loud your logical brain is your emotional brain is so much louder in those moments yeah and, and and something that Josh and I have worked on, and while last night wasn't necessarily a good example of it, what we have learned and what works is not trying to push through it, not trying to talk it through in the triggered state, but rather go, cool, I, like if I'm the one that's triggered or if he's the one that's triggered, it's like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll just be, we're here, cool. <laughs> you know, like... That's but, something that Claire is not capable. She's physically not capable of not talking. She and has the, to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so this is where I think working with um, our therapist will be helpful mm. in terms of that tool. But I think also he will have tools for the both of you in terms of it being a su- successful in navigating around those anxieties. Because, and this is something I said to Claire, and I. I I'll ask her before I put this episode up. I'll I'll, I'll actually let her hear the episode before I sure. I air it because I don't want to speak on her behalf. Um, I'm but, very but confident the, she would endorse everything you've said. Certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But one of the things that I kept saying to her was that you've got to stop viewing yourself as someone who is broken because of this. Yeah, like this is not a flaw. This is yes, it's inconvenient. Yes, it's frustrating. And yes, you can logically when you're not in a triggered state, look at it and go, I'm being ridiculous. Mm. I'm like feeding myself. One of the best memes Josh ever sent me, and it was actually after that anxiety attack, he sent me a meme that was um, 
anxiety are the cons- is the conspiracy theories we tell about ourselves to ourselves. Right. And I was like, that's absolutely what it is. Mm. Because you start just grabbing at any little thing and conflating it to kind of confirmation bias, the fear mm. that is so at the surface and the logic just can't cut through at that moment. Yeah. So what I find helpful when I'm in that space is for Josh to be very, uh, very logical, very matter of fact and very, this is what's happening. This is where I'm at. We're safe. We're okay. Hmm. We are not in jeopardy here. Yeah. And like, he will just be with me. Yeah. And that helps bring me back. And that helps me settle. And like this morning I was a little, I was still thinking about it a little bit this morning when I went to PT, but by the time I got through PT, totally fine. And today I've been great. And so like the, the recovery time is getting better and better and better. And that's the thing I'm starting to hold on to more than the fear of. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Matter of fact, let's, let's do our next episode on this. Let's next, next time we do this, let's get Claire and Josh and we'll have this conversation. I, I think that would be, I like I'm not even for the podcast, but for just for us, yeah. just just for the four yeah. of us, because I, as I say, I had no idea how similar it is. And I would be so interested to hear what your perspective, because I don't know. Mm. I don't know what your perspective is. And Claire hasn't said little, if anything, about your side of this, but more of her experience and what her brain does to herself. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious as to what your experience of it is, because and. Josh has a totally different experience as well. And that's something we've had to negotiate is like one of the fears he brought to a, a session. I will ask him if this is okay that I share. <laughs> but one of the fears that he brought to the, to the session was he said, what if this is a fundamental difference that we can't overcome is that I'm okay with being in an open relationship and it's incredibly challenging for David. What if that's something we can't get past? And Ryan was very quick to say the fundamental difference here is that you don't have trauma tied to this. David does. Your lived experiences are different in this. And so where we're at now is this idea of a road where Josh is actually just much further down the road because he hasn't had certain hurt. And that's not to say he hasn't had his own challenges and issues and and things to overcome and navigate and work through. Mm. But his path has got him to certain spot with regard to being in an open relationship and I'm back here because of trauma because of things that have happened to me and just because of my lived experience dictating that and right now I'm trying to close the gap so from him I need patience while I make make moves to catch up rather than him try to forge ahead and maintaining the distance yeah which is more traumatic because then he becomes the source of trauma. Right. And that's not about he's not allowed to do anything. Yeah. That's that's not what that is. It's about where he's at. The cue kind of has to come from where what I'm able to to navigate. And so like it just informs what our rules and what our boundaries are. Yeah. is with us now. Hi girl. Hi girl. The prettiest cat in the world. She's very pretty. 
And she knows. <laughs> and she acts coy. She's like, no, 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 don't pat me. Why aren't you patting me? Uh, Sorry, I feel like I just ranted. No, I about think that. that was a very valuable rant to have. Um, and I, yeah, as I say, I, I think it would be really good for the next episode to get Claire and Josh involved and have this conversation. I, th- I think so. Um, because almost certainly, I would think, you chat to Claire and you find these parallels between you. I think there may be a lot of listeners out there who would probably resonate with it as well. Definitely. It could be helpful. I'll be interested to see if there are, and I don't know whether or not there will be, but I would be interested to know what parallels, if any, there are between you you and Josh. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to find that as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, could we possibly be the same? <laughs> are we like the same couple dynamic? But in the, And like that in itself is interesting because I, of our friend group, yeah, the thing that has continually surprised me is how similar you and I are like that's the catalyst for yeah. this podcast it's just like the things that like we are at times the same so person. in tune <laughs> it's, it's just like what and to like, the point where we literally speak the same words at the same time yes <laughs> I I guess I it's maybe not the, the not an ideal of, uh, I don't know what am I trying to say it's maybe not the, the best scenario to find it but it, like with it being anxiety, but I'm somewhat grateful of having found something with Claire that yeah. is like beyond we love makeup and like we all get along and we ha- share similar moral values and that, yeah. like all yeah. the things that have united us as a chosen family. Yeah. It's interesting to go even one step deeper and kind of be like, oh, wow, we, this anxiety thing. <laughs> wow. Are I mean, we, it's something same. <laughs> it's something vulnerable. Or very similar. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's something deeply, deeply vulnerable, deeply human, and that's you know you can really, you can really connect over something like that. There's Whereas, something beautiful to that, isn't there? There is. Yeah, yeah. It, even though obviously it's not an ideal thing. Yeah. Specifically to connect on, but I'm I'm glad in a way that I that that we do have that that I was able to in that moment at least be for Claire like a you're not crazy this is not like this is not you being broken and this is all fucked like I have been there and I still sometimes am there yeah but it's temporary and it's normal yeah and you're not broken we don't need to fix it all we need is to better the process to navigate it so that it's moments not hours days weeks yeah 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 it's interesting it is it's and again, this is why I think it's a like when you mentioned that um, she was going to have or interested in having a session with our therapist. Mm. I was like, that feels like a good fit because I know how beneficial it has been for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on yeah. that note, yeah. we've talked about penises and psychology. Psychology. Should we end the episode there and pick this up in a couple of weeks? Yeah. Let's, um, yeah. Let's see if we can pick this up with our partners. <laughs> pick it up with our partners. Pick it up with our partners after penis. What was it? Penises and, and psychology. <laughs> There's the name of the episode. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Teary me. Well, thank you. Thank you. No, no, no. Thank you. Oh, no, I insist. Well, I'm Tasmanian, so I insist. Ha <laughs> <laughs> oh, ha! Thank you for listening to the He Him Podcast. Thank you for listening to He Him. I almost can't just...
David Butler Studio Podcast.